Pass First point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And just like that, the Blazers season heads into a summer of uncertainty. Blazers lost Game 6 to end their season on Thursday, falling to the Denver Nuggets, who were quite frankly better, and it showed in a serious way. Denver came back from 14 down in the third quarter to crush the Blazers in the final frame, holding the Blazers just to 14 points in the fourth quarter in a 126-115 win. I want to talk a little bit about this game. But the details of this game are a little bit less important than what all of this means for what's next. So what I really want to talk about here is what's next? What does this mean? What does a loss mean? What where where does this team go from here? Because what seemed like it was going to be sort of like the basic anticipation things that we've been thinking about, um, you know, the a new coaching staff and maybe the maybe some roster retooling. Uh, the pot got stirred a little bit by Yusuf Nurkic in in his post game press conference when he questioned his future with the franchise and the situation that he finds himself in here. Uh, in some ways, it got stirred a little bit by Damian Lillard, who was frustrated afterwards and simply said that the team wasn't good enough because they didn't win a championship, and it was pr- and that alone was proof that changes need to come and then it got stirred a little bit more when Damian Lord posted something cryptic on his Instagram quoting the rapper Nipsey Hussle how long should I stay dedicated how long till opportunity meet preparation so yeah look <laughs> there was a lot going on cryptic Instagram posts an angry use of Nurkic or or did I don't know if angry is the right word but uh but a, a very frustrated use of Nurkic and and a, a Blazers loss that led to all these things so let's here in this first segment let's just let's run through the game then we'll talk about Nurk then we'll talk about what's next um we're going to have a lot of time to talk about what's next. Uh, so I'm not, we're not going to get to every single little element. We will moving forward in, in the off season, we'll talk about, uh, trades and free agents and coaching and all of those things. I, we're just going to go big picture here and kind of set the stage for what to expect over the next couple weeks. Um, but first, before we get to that big picture, let's, let's get to the small picture stuff. The Blazers lose game six, lose the series, despite playing pretty well until they played pretty poorly. A seven-point halftime lead ballooned to 14 in the third quarter. And then in the seven-minute and two-second mark of the third quarter, Yusuf Nurkic picked up his first foul of the game. He had gone an entire half without committing a foul. Nurk didn't even have to play well. He just had to be on the floor. All the Blazers' options, all the Blazers' non-Nurk options were a nightmare. Nurk just needed to play to give the Blazers a chance to be on the court and be competitive. I had said coming into the game that if he spent more than three minutes in foul trouble and, and Nikola Jokic got more than three minutes with Nurk uh, on the bench, then the game was pretty much over. It turns out it was two minutes. <laughs> because five minutes after that, Yusuf Nurkic committed his fourth foul. Uh, Seven-minute mark, basically, he commits foul number one of the game in the third quarter. Two-minute mark of the third quarter, he commits his fourth foul. And five minutes, his his as uh, one uh, person on Twitter called it, his foul momentum had kicked in. Uh, 
One of those fouls was fouling uh, Nikola Jokic on a three that was maybe not a foul that Terry Stotts chose not to uh, chose not to challenge. Stotts said that um, his the replay guy in the bench that you know the assistant coach who's in charge of replays on the bench said that it was that there was some contact and Yusuf Nurkic even told him himself I barely touched him. Well, here's the problem with barely touching him. It means you touched him and they're probably going to keep the foul. Um, I from my vantage point looking at the replays it seems like worth challenging um I would have at the time it seemed like the the right move um it was a little bit early in the game so like uh I can I understood it in the t- at the time that Stutz shouldn't challenge wouldn't challenge the call like yeah okay cool I get it even if it's a third foul on Nurk like you you got to save it cuz this game might be close but then Terry used this foul with 6 minutes left in the fourth quarter to challenge out out of bounds play a way worse uh, a way less beneficial call to challenge. So, um, you know, <laughs> maybe in hindsight, the the turning point was that third foul on Nurk, and that's that's where you um, that's that's on the coach. I think I think in hindsight, you can definitely say that. In the moment, though, I didn't think it was like the worst decision. Um, knowing what I know now, it seems like a pretty poor one. You knew things were going to be heading in the wrong direction after Nurk had gone to the bench with two minutes left in the third quarter after picking up his fourth foul when Monty Morris hit a running 30-foot three at the end of the third quarter. And all of a sudden, it's um, just a closer game than it had any business being. The Blazers had played pretty well, and they should have been up six heading into the fourth, and then Morris hits a freaking floating three, and it's a three-point game. This was a bad sign, but the Blazers really crumbled later than that. They they were holding on to the lead late in the in the fourth quarter, excuse me, early in the fourth quarter rather, and then the Nuggets just ripped off a whole bunch of points. A 17-2 spurt that turned a a Nuggets deficit into a 117-1 or excuse me, 119-108 lead with 3 minutes left. Uh Jokic hits a mid-ranger and the ball, and the game's pretty much over. That's ball game. He cashes in from the left-hand side and y'all can you can call it. That's it. Blazers have scored 28-14 in the fourth quarter. Uh, a defense that couldn't get stops when they needed and an offense that totally freaking wilted down the stretch. CJ McCollum goes 9 of 21, 2 for 8 from 3. The CJ game you were waiting for in the in this series never came. Damian Lillard finished with 28 points and 13 and 13 assists, but he had five turnovers and didn't shoot well from 3. The, he had been magic in the Blazers game 5 win. He was just 3 for 11 from deep in this game. He didn't have an efficient shooting night and he turned the ball over a little bit. Norman Powell really hot start but never got going. Felt like the Blazers just forgot about Norman Powell in the middle two quarters uh, and then he he never really got untracked after that after a really really nice start to the game. Uh Carmelo Anthony, nice offensive game off the bench. Nice, just nice game off the bench, quite frankly, for Melo. But uh, he didn't score 18 points, so the Blazers didn't win. Uh, Monte Morris and Jermichael Green just whooped the Blazers' ass. Uh, Nikola Jokic had 20 in the third quarter, finished with, um, you know, didn't score in the first quarter and had some foul trouble. And then when he came on in the second quarter, just went off from there. Huge third quarter to swing the momentum back. Uh, he's He was the best player in this series. You're looking at him. He finished with 36, 8, and 6. Michael Porter Jr., an absolutely red-hot 22-point first quarter and didn't do anything after that when Damian Lewis switched onto him from the second quarter on. Um, 
impressive def- defensive performance from Dame. All of these things. But this this was the Blazers' problem. The offense never was never really found a way to go get themselves a bucket. Like the way that they had gotten buckets late in other games was that Damian Lillard just made deep deep threes. Um, this is you know kind of a, a problem they've run into in the past is when they they play really high level you know playoff defenses is that it's just Dame or nothing, and that's what it was again in the past when they've won series. Sometimes it's Dame or nothing or CJ or nothing, and CJ didn't have it, so they got nothing in this one. That's how this ends. The Blazers lose 4-2. Um, and, and we head into a summer of uncertainty. That's what I want to talk about. Because the summer of uncertainty got started on kind of a, a tough foot on Thursday evening when uh, Yusuf Nurkic <laughs> name-dropped his agent and talked about his uncertain future in his post-game press conference. So that's what we'll talk about in the second segment. But before we get there, we got to give out a Michelob Ultra moment. This is a this is a brand new segment brought to you by our partners at Michelob Ultra. And in the copy here, it's encouraging me to say that this was a tough choice, but I'm just going to tell you straight up, this wasn't a tough choice. <laughs> There's only one Michelob Ultra this week and it's moment this week and it's obvious it's when Damian Lillard scored 12 points in the final two minutes of an overtime game to extend the Blazers season for at least five more minutes. A game five absolute masterpiece when Damian Lillard delivered unexpected joy via long range three pointers, three of them and and one layup to boot couple 30-footers, and then one from merely just 28 feet away and an and-one layup mixed in there, too. It was the epitome of the Damien Lillard experience, the type of thing that he has delivered to Blazers fans that makes us all so happy, so thankful to be able to watch him do what he does. So go check out tons of other exciting Ultra Moments with the hashtag UltraMoment. And remember, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, there's more to enjoy with Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. All right. So we talked about game six. Um, the season ended in a way you could believe. Nikola Jokic was better than what the Blazers could throw at him. Yusuf Nurkic committed four fouls in a five-minute stretch that took himself out of the game. CJ McCollum never got going. And Damian Lord was merely very good, and they probably needed him to be excellent to perfect. He gave them a perfect game, and his teammates didn't help out. That leaves the door open for him to be merely very good. And and merely very good wasn't good enough because the Nuggets got big scoring from their other parts and the Blazers just never did. CJ McCollum was the fifth best guard in this series. They're not going to win when that's the case. Damian Lillard, Austin Rivers, Monte Morris, and Norman Powell were better players in this series than CJ was. Whoops, sorry. That's that's that is that's um, a formula for some losses. And it's also a formula for some frustration. And you know who was frustrated was the big man in the middle. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic was the first player to speak to the media after the game. And he used it to air out his uncertainty and frustrations with his role, with his 
future with the team and with the situation. And I want to play you a little bit of that audio right now. Uh, I have been like, just full disclosure, I have been really resistant to play audio from, uh, from interviews this year because the Zoom... The nature of Zooms is such that you can't you can't get these one-on-ones, you can't get these private moments. It's really hard to do unique reporting. So I didn't want to steal the unique reporting from my colleagues, but I was involved in the Zoom conference. Um, you're going to hear my voice at the end and the audio I played. So I feel comfortable playing it for you. Um, the first question I'm going to cut out here is uh, from my friend and colleague, Jamie Hudson, former uh, former guest on this show and future guest on this show, quite frankly. Uh, and then you're going to hear Jason Quick of The Athletic again, another someone who else is, who's been on the podcast and a friend of mine, too. Uh, but you're going to hear the audio and then we'll discuss of what we heard from a very frustrated Yusuf Nurkic who spoke to the media following Thursday's Game 6 loss. I think we have a hell of a season as far as as a team where we was and, and what situation we was and with CJ and myself going down. Um, I think the team responded really, you know, I think no one expected to respond the way we responded and how many people step up through the season. Um, you know, I, I might be the best, this might be the best group of people I've been around as far as teammates. Um, but at the same time, um, it was not enough. You know, a lot of things it you know, looks like and, and feels like going to be a change. So that's that's on, on on people above to do it. Coming back to Jason Quick with the Athletic. Nurk, you kind of just hit on it, and you've mentioned a lot about your uncertain future and the uncertain future of the team. Did it feel like that in the locker room afterward? I don't know. Sit- necessarily say in the locker room but I feel like personally in my head um the way I feel um and like I said it's you know there's still not like a lot of time you're not spending in locker room to see how you know people really feel um you know but I guess we will know in, in, in a few couple of days what's going to really happen and of you know summer is, is or wherever fall whatever you want to call it it's going to be interesting to see um but like I said, it, it's it's just a bad taste in the mouth. Let's put yeah. that way. But I, I guess what I'm asking is what gives you that feeling that think that changes on the horizon. I mean, what else can cannot do it because we are exit first round as with the team we have uh, expectations are way way bigger than that, and that's the you know the number one reason the biggest reason you have to to look at the situation what it is. Um, and like I said, it's it's difficult right now because everybody's you know probably in, in a heated spot and everybody you know minds working thousand mile an hours. But uh, like you know, people are gonna be looking the situation the the right way from the from the colder spot, I guess. Yeah. Final questions coming from Mike Richmond with Locked On Sports. Nurk, do you want to be back next year? Like, do you want to be back on this team next season? In the right situation, yes. What is the right situation? We'll see. I don't know yet. Because this is not it. So a lot, a lot to unpack there and, and kind of a bomb at the end as, as the press conference was cut short with my final question. Um, 
you know, Yusuf Nurkic said earlier in the audio I didn't play, he name-dropped his agent, Rich Paul. He said he's going to take a little break from basketball, and uh, he's his, he doesn't know if he'll be back on the team next season because his contract's uh, not guaranteed. His contract is partially guaranteed, I believe, is how it actually works, but he'll let his agent, Rich Paul, figure it out. Um, you drop a, uh, you name-drop Rich Paul in a post-game, post-season interview. You are, you are flexing a certain type of muscle. Um my read on this Nurkic situation is that he, and he mentioned this earlier, um, he kind of alludes to it a little bit in the audio here, but he's mostly talking about changes and uncertainty in the part I played. But I, it seems like he just wanted a different role. He wanted a more and a bigger role. He wanted to be more, I, my read is he wanted to be more part of the offense. Um, he wanted to be, you know, he wants to be a focal point and treated like that. And he wants to be able to, to kind of do what he thinks makes him better on defense and maybe not just not just play Terry Stotts' uh, some, somewhat conservative, not even somewhat, conservative drop scheme and all these things. And I kind of get it from Nurk, right? Like, um, I get that he would be frustrated, but my dude, my dude, my dude. Um, what is, is Nurk really capable of more? Does he have the skill set to do more? When you watched him go against the league MVP, was there a moment when you said, man, Nurk is being held back. I wish he could do more. That's not what I saw. I understand the frustration. This seems to be my reading between the lines here, the way he praises, you know, I've never been with a better group of guys, is that he's mad at the coach, is that he has beef with Terry Stotts, like specifically. Um, Mentioning his contract is maybe, you know, he's extension eligible and he wants to go ahead and get it out there that I want to get paid and I think I can really play. And when Nurk plays, he's really good. Um, He's a really, you know, he's one of the better starting centers in the league. I'm not sure he's like one of the, um, you know, he's probably like, arguably top 10 at his position, but certainly no guarantee. Like, I think that's kind of the borderline where Nurk is. Like, he's an above-average starter at his position in the league. Um, I think it's fair to wonder what an above-average center in the league deserves to make and and, and what someone with Nurk's skill set should be um, both paid and then given the reins to do out on the court. But, like, Nurk hasn't stayed healthy. He has had games where he he has consistent stretches where he's just not mentally in it. Um, in this postseason, he had one game where he was so clearly the best player on the floor, and a bunch of other games where he fouled out either in in either frustrating ways or downright stupid ways. Um, he was so locked in in the first half and really gave the Blazers a chance. And then when it went south for him, it went south quickly. And that seems to be a theme with him. I'm not here to bang on Nurk. I I like the dude. Um, I, he's a really fun basketball player to watch. He's gigantic and nimble and skilled and brash and bold and, 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 and and, and an enjoyable character. But this was, I don't, if, if this wasn't a shot across the bow, this was, um, him loading up the cannon, I guess is, is where that, uh, metaphor goes. Like this was him. This was Nurk saying, I'm I'm pissed and something has to change. And that's something from my read on on listening to this audio. And, and you can find this on the Trailblazers YouTube page, I believe, or search for it on Twitter. Um, you, 
this was him complaining about the way the coaching staff used him. This is what this was. And then him setting up a situation where if they're going to treat me like this, do I even want to be back here? And do they even want me to be back here? I don't think there's any, any reason to believe that this means Nurk is gone. Like capital G, capital O, capital N, capital E. You know, it's not an all, not all cap screaming, he gone. But it's like, he might not be back. <laughs> I feel like this is like a situation where they are going to... Um, you know, consider what a contract extension might look like for him. I'm sure they'll have that conversation with Rich Paul if it's not what they want. I don't, I'm sure the Blazers will just at least vaguely explore what a, um, what it, what the trade market looks like for Nurk. Like, I'm not saying he's going to get traded, but they would, they'll do their due diligence and find out what trading for Nurk in a contract year looks like and, and see if they feel like they can get an upgrade there. Like, I'm sure they'll explore those avenues. Um, like he said, that, like Nurk said, like they weren't good enough this year, right? Like they had a good team and a fun team and a nice group of guys, but they weren't good enough. And, um, Damien Lord echoed that in his thoughts. Uh, he, he said, you know, we didn't win the championship. So clearly something has to change. Um, We'll get there in this third segment here momentarily, but like one of those somethings is the coaching staff. Um, I think that's going to take care of itself. I think there's enough reporting out there that suggests that that's going to happen sooner rather than later. And you don't have to worry about um, if the Blazers get a new coach, it's more about when. And I think the timing is the question here. Um, But the rest, like I think the way they played this series puts everything on the table puts all possible solute all possible you know um I don't solutions isn't the word I don't want to use but like all possible scenarios are on the table like any 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 time you've got to consider everything um it's it's all got to be there um and I think Nurk's frustration is just like it adds another wrinkle to this it's like oh you think this is a happy-go-lucky crew and even if they do have good vibes one of these dudes is pissed and wants more it roster construction includes egos and humans and people along with you know salaries and positions uh it's it is tricky and i think nurk's frustration here him saying he knows and feels like big changes are coming is a suggestion that there's you know the obvious changes on the horizon with the coaching staff and also that the roster has to change and the roster having to change might include him. And in some ways, maybe if it doesn't, if it doesn't include him, if he's still here, he wants to be a focal point of what's next and not, um, you know, not an afterthought, not, not looking, you know, looking for crumbs offensively behind CJ Norman and, and, um, and Carmelo Anthony. I don't agree with that um, idea from Nurk, but that seems to be what he's asking for here uh, with his frustrations. So quite quite the fireworks from Nurk. I, I just certainly did not see that coming by any means at all <laughs> in any way. But, you know, I guess I guess that's how it goes. It was, um, if nothing else, it was a noteworthy press conference. So I wanted to play that audio for you. What I want to talk about to close the show is just our brief sort of our step one into what's next. Uh, what's next is going to be the theme of like the next week of shows, you know, maybe two weeks of shows. What's next for the Blazers? Um, and that like obviously into the offseason, it's all next. Um, We'll, you know, we'll talk about all those things, but I just want to talk about like what's on the horizon. What types of things are we going to be looking for in that in, 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 in the next 
chapter of this of this season because this might be the end of this group and we'll see what the next group could could be or we'll consider what the next group could be but first let's talk about rockauto.com it's a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years and you can go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they got everything you need from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil even new carpet you name it they got it and you can get all of it delivered directly to your door and just a few easy clicks using their catalog which is remarkably easy to navigate it allows you to quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands the specifications and the prices that you prefer and best of all it's those prices because at rockauto.com they're always reliably low and the same professionals as they offer the do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts you don't have to do that instead go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and while you're there make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box that way they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. It's just the best tasting protein bar on the market. Comes in nine delicious flavors like mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. My personal favorite, peanut butter brownie. Or if you're in some other flavors, they got those too, like coconut, coconut almond, cherry, and raspberry. That's all nine of their delicious flavors. Uh, If you don't know what you like, I recommend you grab yourself a mix box. You'll get two of each of those nine flavors. You can pick out what you like and order more from there. Or if you know what you like, you can customize a box right there at BuiltBar.com. Get what you need. All of these bars are taste great. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They've got a candy bar-like texture, but they also pack a punch. Each of them have at least 17 grams of protein. 17 grams of protein and five grams of net carbs or fewer. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. So go get yourself some today. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. That is LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about the Blazers' end of the season in Game 6, a loss to the Nuggets. We talked about Yusuf Nervic airing his grievances in his post-game press conference. Now let's talk about what's next. This loss means so many things for so many parts of the team. One, it I it's I think it means that Terry Stotts is getting fired. Like, um, we've been talking about this a bunch here. If you're a new listener, um, basically there's been plenty of reporting from multiple outlets that suggested that if Terry Stotts does not um, make a deep run into the playoffs, that he would be he would lose his job. Um, they didn't make a deep run. They lost to a team as. Damian Lord noted missing their starting backcourt and their and their top three guards. That's who sent them home. Sure, it was the MVP, and sure, Denver is tough as nails. They certainly are that. But you to not have this game go at least seven is 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 um it's tough. It is a, it's a tough and undeniable, undeniably um frustrating end to this one. So that means Stotts is gone. Like all of that is to say Stotts is gone. Um, There's a chance, an outside chance, I'd say, that when you wake up tomorrow, Terry Stotts will be fired. Like when I'm I'm recording this pretty late on a a Thursday, we're pushing almost Friday as I record this. But uh, I think there's a chance he gets fired tomorrow. Like I think there's an outside chance he gets fired Friday, but more likely he'll go through exit interviews and they'll do something like Monday or Tuesday of next week, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. Like 
somewhere between this Friday and next Friday, there's no way he lasts longer than that. There's no way to, there's no reason to keep him around for longer than a week. Um, you got to get started on what's next in the coaching search. Uh, we'll talk about coaching search, coaching candidates in the future. Uh, you know, some other teams are going to also have coaching vacancies, including the Boston Celtics, which is a relatively appealing job and a job I don't think any of us anticipated being opening prior to this week. So uh, I think that complicates things a little bit for the Blazers, but new coaches won. But I also think everything's on the table, like I said before. Um, the Blazers don't have a draft pick in this draft, but they do have free agents. Uh, they do have guys who are going to be entering free agency uh, this summer, like Zach Collins. What the hell do you do with him? Ennis Cantor, I think you just probably let him go. Carmelo Anthony, he's a big question mark. Harry Giles, uh, uh, Hall Hollis Jefferson, who was a part of their playoff uh, playoff rotation. Um and then you have to make a decision on like what you do with uh, Norman Powell. I didn't I didn't mention him. He has a player option, but he's going to opt out and go get paid. So he's going to enter free agency. But then you have to figure out like where do the young guys fit in? Like where do you pencil in Ant- Anthony Simons and Nazir Little next year? Are they part of the plan or are they not? Uh, because if they are, that changes what you do f- from there um, or what you can do, right? Like what what you might be after if you're if you're trying to make sure that Nas and Ants play or you think that they need to play because they're so good, I guess would be the uh, best case scenario for the decision making there. Um, there's Derek Jones Jr. who's got a who's got a player option. Does nine million dollars in a new coach entice Derek Jones to stay, or does uh, basically not playing at all in the playoffs period, other than one random foul trouble game, uh, entice him to stay? And there's Yusuf Nurkic, a partially guaranteed contract. So the only guys who are for sure going to be back, and and f- like just contract wise, the only guys who are definitely under like fully guaranteed contracts for the 21-22 season are Dame, CJ, Rocco, Anthony Simons. Nazir Little and CJ Ellaby. Everyone else is a question mark. That means that you could be that you could be losing eight players off this off this roster. And that's just the free agency decisions. Then there is this just sort of holistic roster decisions. What do, if this group isn't good enough? Does just sort of changing around the complementary parts get you to where you want to go? Does Anthony Simons and Azir Little like stepping into major roles next season get you close to a championship? I gotta think no. Even if those two gentlemen improve a great deal, uh, you know, what do you do with Collins? That's a huge question. And then and then the big one here, like the elephant in the room that I've kind of been waiting for here is. What the hell do you do with C.J. McCollum? C.J. McCollum is obviously pretty darn good, right? Like, he's he's pretty clearly a good basketball player. But is he good enough at this? Is he good enough... Is he good enough to be a number two on a team? I kind of think under another un, under another circumstance, yeah, he's probably good enough to be a number two. But is he good enough to be a number two next to another six foot three guard? I think you've. I think this has run its course. Like I think we've seen what the Dame and CJ pairing can be under the right circumstances and in the right matchups. This team can be a competitive second round and beyond type playoff team. But that's with everything going right for them and. Uh, you know, a, a little bit of good luck and the right types of matchups. Otherwise, it is very hard to be good in the NBA if your best two players can't, and I, and I mean this just like, this is like maybe the most reductive way to put it, if they can't run a pick and roll together, if your best players can't run an action together to make the defense make a decision, and instead they just have to split the floor and say, you go, I go, 
it's hard to be really, really good. If you can't put both guys in an action and say, pick your frickin' poison, it's hard to punish a team. Dame is fantastic. One of the 10 best players in the league. You know, it, a Hall of Famer right now, probably, if you walked away. Uh, CJ McCollum is a pretty darn good player, but he's probably not good enough to be the guy, and he's not the right size to be the guy to help Dame get to the next level. I think we know that. The problem is trading CJ is immensely difficult. He owes, he's owed over $100 million through the end of the 23-24 season. Over the next three seasons, he makes 31, 33, and then 36 million bucks. That's a lot. And if the Blazers are looking to trade CJ McCollum, they don't, they can't trade him for draft picks and start over. If you do that, you've already lost Dame anyways. There is no rebuild with Dame on the roster. So if you're looking to trade CJ McCollum, you have to do it for someone who can contribute. And does trading for someone like Kristaps Porzingis, like a swap of CJ for Kristaps, get you closer to a championship? Almost certainly not. But these are the questions that lie ahead in an uncertain summer. Eight potential free agents, the future and desires of Yusuf Nurkic, a new coaching staff almost certainly coming sometime in the next week or the beginning of a coaching search coming sometime in the next week. And then just the general happiness of Dame. What does Dame want? Um, You know, I played that Nipsey Hussle track at the beginning, mostly as a joke, like the cryptic IG stuff or cryptic Instagram stuff is just like, he's being weird. Dame has, Dame has been he was pretty frustrated after this game but he's also been pretty clear and pretty consistent that he's going to be incredibly loyal and he hasn't been someone who's gone back on his word um i read him as someone who will at least give the blazers a couple more seasons uh he's under contract if he picks up his player option he could be under contract through 2025 uh he's certainly going to be here through 2024 and i kind of think that if my read on Dame is that he'll certainly, that you've got two more years of him. But also, this is an athlete in his prime. How many more years do you have Dame at this level? You know, generously four, more like two or three. He's really freaking good, and his ability to shoot will probably keep him really good for a while. But if he can't get downhill and get past you, that ability to shoot gets a little bit, becomes less lethal. Dame is fantastic right now. There's no reason to think he won't be fantastic again next season. But it's clear that father time wins these battles. Mother time too, quite frankly. So the Blazers are put into the most difficult, most challenging, most uncertain offseason of Damian Lillard's career. What do they do with these folks? I don't think there's any reason to believe that Neil Olshay is going to go anywhere. He's under contract through 2024 as well. His contract aligns with with Damian Lillard. Uh, There's nothing to suggest that the Blazers' ownership would be willing to pour a bunch of money into this franchise, pay Neil Olshay not to work, and go hire another GM. There is nothing about the way that ownership is operated to suggest that that's an option. So it's going to be Neil crafting what's next. This is his challenge. What do you do with the eight free agents? 
Can you trade CJ for something valuable? And if you can't, can you get complimentary parts that get the Blazers closer? I think the Blazers, I think Neil built a pretty good team this year, but he also built the team that you saw lose in the first round to a depleted Nuggets group. Uh, Some of that is coaching failures, but if you think all of it's coaching failures, you are foolish and you are, um, I know there's a certain sect of the fan base that believes that, so I'm not going to speak to them too much, but like, that's just not true. Uh, Players play. This roster was better probably than it should have been, but also not quite, not nearly good enough to get where they want to go. The step from good to great is really hard. And that step is what the Blazers are trying to do while carrying a max contract of Damian Lord paying him 40 million bucks a year. That's, that's, you know, something like 38% of the, uh, of the salary cap, maybe a little, maybe like 37% of the salary cap, um, you got to figure out around it. And if CJ McCollum can't be that guy in the playoffs, which he certainly wasn't in this postseason, and he doesn't seem to be a great fit for kind of what you need to be at a, you know, a big physical wing that you would need to win at a high level in, in the NBA. Where, where do you find that? I don't know that you can trade CJ for that. In fact, I think pretty, pretty clearly that I do not. Uh, I've got a future show coming on sort of potential CJ targets and, and and what what might expect if CJ trades come up. We'll get there. Like I said, we I've got I've already got the future of of this show and the what the things to consider. But these are these are big picture questions. Is Nurk happy? What do you do to keep Dame happy? What can you how can you upgrade the CJ spot? And what do you do when these eight dudes walk away from this team or choose not to walk away? Can you re-sign Norm? Does it make sense to considering your other roster decisions? All of this looms. All of this is coming over the next three or four months. I know that many of you love the offseason, so I'm excited to bring it to you. Player movement is, is for many NBA fans, the, the most exciting time of the year. A lot of player movement is coming for the, for the Trailblazers. Uh, even if they don't change the core very much, by nature of the roster, a lot of player movement is coming. Big decisions are on the horizon, likely with a new coach and almost certainly with the same GM. So don't go anywhere because Lockdown Blazers isn't going anywhere. We'll still be coming with daily podcasts for uh, the, throughout the remainder of the playoffs and into the offseason as we approach the draft and free agency. So tell your friends about this podcast. We got exit interviews coming up. We'll, I'll, I'll bring you the news from that. We're, you know, we're likely going to have a, a coaching search begin sometime in the next 10 days. Or maybe if timing is bad, like has already started by the time you were listening to this on Friday morning. Um, if it is, uh some of those candidates seem good but we've got a lot we've got a lot coming and I'm excited to be here with you so uh we'll continue to have interviews and all that stuff the same the same lockdown blazers you've been enjoying throughout the season it, it's not going away we'll still we will still bring it to you with mailbag monday coming on on recorded on monday nights and posting on tuesdays we'll still do, we'll still do interviews each week uh we'll just shift our focus from the games that are happening in the big picture stuff to the big picture and and minutia of what's next for the trailblazers uh I just wanted to sort of prep us here in this third segment for like what we are anticipating. Uh, It's not going to be a draft heavy year, but it is going to be a, this era of the Blazers may have ended on Thursday. The CJ, Nurk, Terry, Dame era may have ended on Thursday. 
We may have seen the very last of it. We may have walked, I may have walked out of the Moda Center for the last time under with this era. A new era may, may very well be coming. Certainly a new coach, but maybe a whole new era coming. A whole big, big changes coming. So if the new era is going to be ushered in, no better place to think about it, talk, ask your questions and hear my thoughts or hear somebody's thoughts about it. Uh, than right here in this space. So tell your friends about Locked On Blazers. Tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. will be there waiting for you. It was a long and challenging season, but I really appreciate all of you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>